tell me one thing, Burke? You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. It's just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for an exclusive preview of Proximity, Last Stand at Hadley's Hope, our original audio drama, releasing on January 1st, 2018. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be the next alien film ball burst, a ball burster <laughs> ridley scott's gonna be all like this time you'll never see anything like this <laughs> i surround myself with the best people <laughs> oh man all right are you guys ready Let's do it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 74, and I'm your host, Jane Prater, and I'm joined by my host, Patrick Green, Ryan Zaid, and Michael what? McCulloch. How are you guys doing? What's up, everybody? Good. What's you know, up? I feel like we're hyper tonight. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Me too. Well, we're all on, <laughs> sort of on kind of a Christmas holiday break. Well, I don't know about all of us, but Patrick is. Patrick, what about you, yeah. Michael? Are you on break? Michael? Me? Uh, no, I'm working every day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Triple shifts right now. <laughs> yeah. Patrick just got a tattoo today, didn't you? I did. I can't put my arm down. Oh, nice. What's your tattoo of? Screen this whole time. What's your tattoo no. of? Well, so so this so tonight I had a I had some uh, work done on a tattoo that I already had. It's a oh. it's a it's Han Solo as a bird. Oh, um, that but one. I, I, okay. Yeah, 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 but but my wife and I, she has a, a Princess Leia bird, and, and we we had some things added to it, um, which was which was really cool. But we also, I had my first consultation on a sleeve that I'm going to do, that is uh, an alien themed sleeve, and it's going to have what? it's going to so so actually, I'm going to put this out there. If we get listener feedback, tell me if this tattoo sounds like a dumb idea. I think it's pretty cool. So it's going to start off on my deltoid with kind of like an Ouroboros of the um, the alien from the uh, the Bignola, the Bignola uh, comic Salvation. And it's going to be like mm. the where he's like it's in the background and he's making a circle the xenomorph is behind the protagonist this is like silhouette it's really a kind of stunning kind of circular image that kind of reminds me of the alien 3 queen embryo from the poster so it's going to have that and then in the middle of that is going to be a pressure suit helmet from the the nostromo wow. that's cool and that's then, awesome and then and then check it out ready this is this is this is the piece de resistance is in the pressure <laughs> suit in the pressure suit helmet reflection you're going to see the derelict Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. This tattoo is going to cost $9,000. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, these credits are all gone. <laughs> so, so, so we'll see what happens hopefully in March. That'll be cool. 
So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we actually are releasing an episode. We didn't expect to release an episode until we got proximity out, which we're going to talk about towards the end of this show. But there's just too much going on. And Ryan and I and Patrick and Michael and Dave, which couldn't join us today, um, have been kind of talking about all this stuff. Like fandom has kind of been in a frenzy um, over certain things that were said, certain images that were released. Um, of course, the acquisition of uh, Fox by Disney. Um, and so we kind of pose a series of questions and things to talk about, and uh, we're going to kind of go down the line and discuss them. So, but the first thing we kind of want to talk about is, uh, and Ridley Scott put it out there. He said he thinks that Alien should be on the same level. The Alien series should be on the same level as Star Wars. And, uh, I kind of got a good laugh, uh, out of (laughs) of that, but I'm interested into what you guys think about that. Oh, well, I mean, I, well, there's no no way financially it could be just because it's an R rated series. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, if it's done right, it's, you know, if you look at the numbers from, you know, alien and aliens adjusted for inflation, I mean, it's, it made a few hundred, they made a few hundred million dollars in like today's money. I mean, these movies can be extremely successful. Um, and I mean, I don't think anything could be on star Wars level. That's, they're just on another stratosphere, but, um, but I really, I mean, for R rated films, I think it'd be the biggest, least R rated franchise on the planet. You know, if it's, if it's done right. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, they've been having a hard time getting it right. But, uh, yeah, I may, I, you know, Scott's, you know, maybe a little, went a little too far with it. You know, it's a little extreme, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about how, how good it could be. Um, I just don't, don't know if it could ever reach star Wars level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you. I don't, I don't, I, whew, that's a hard thing. I would love for it, it to be, um, <clears throat> given that same kind of, you know, glamour and 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 just amazement that star wars is because i mean no matter what you say star wars except for the maybe the uh the, the prequels that just those movies like just stand the test of time and don't get me wrong the alien movies do too but it's exactly like ryan said you're dealing with you know something that you can take your kids to and something that's you know r-rated and it's gonna have gore and it's gonna have stuff like that so there's there's a fine line there Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think maybe, you know, Star Wars was, or aliens was never as well, you know, taken as Star Wars. And the thing is too, you have a, a bigger fan base to where, you know, you're, you're talking generations of, of parents that have taken their kids, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, you know, you know, my dad saw it and then I saw it and then my kids will see it. And it's, it's one of those things, but I, I agree with you. I would love, I'd love to see it get all as much can pumped into it and and jumped mm-hmm. as big as it could but i just don't know if it's there yeah well, here's the thing so so when you see star wars when you see star trek you know exactly what you're going to get to you know there are degrees of gradation within that unless you've seen the, the last same... jedi <laughs> <laughs> oh. and then, yeah, well but no but but even, but even then there, there's it even if you think that it divo- it that it um diverts significantly from the established mythos i actually don't i, I think it's a staple waste right but 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 a lot of people kind of bristled at that but even even then you have a the sort of like a a paradigm in your head for what a star wars film is and if it's not that then at least you're like whoa that that was a 
that was a divergence from a Star Wars film. With mm-hmm. Alien, you don't have that because we've had so many different visions for it. So it would take a few things. First would be cohesion. The problem with that is that there is no cohesion currently existing. Like you, you, you could take either the alien route or the aliens route. Those are basically like the, you know, the two sort of established formula for, um, for an alien movie. And of those two, the only one that could possibly become franchised, you know, in any meaningful long-term star Wars way would be aliens, right? Because mm-hmm. it is more, um, adaptable to like, you know, different missions and different planets and terramorphing and all these different things that, that could make for action oriented movies, which could be, you know, profitable and kind of effects driven and become more, um, mass, mass market friendly. And, and if you were to establish a formula with those movies, I think they could do pretty well. But at the end of the day, the reason why Budweiser, I might've made this point in the podcast before, but the reason why Budweiser is so incredibly successful, why Anheuser-Busch is so successful is not because it's the best beer in the world, right? Like, I mean, it tastes mm-hmm. fine. It's, you know, it's, but the reason why it's so good is because you can go to any bar in any country in the entire world and mm-hmm. you can order a Budweiser and it will taste like a Budweiser. Like, you know what it is, right? Right. There are brands of beer that do not ship well. There are microbreweries that are incredible if you get it close to where it's from. And then, you know, you get it at some random place and, you know, Timbuktu and it's like what what the hell is that but but mm-hmm. but there there's something to be said for standardization you know like if you yeah. go to McDonald's in one country you know the the basic fare that's like that you get wherever you go is going to taste the same it's going to have the same stuff and you're not going to be surprised you're not going to vomit you know it's you're, you know what you're going to get the reason why Star Wars just steamrolls the box office every time there's a release other than the fact that they're by and large amazing movies except for the prequels is because <laughs> like like for example you know I took our four-year-old to see The Last Jedi, um, knowing, even though I had, I had seen it the night before, I'd already bought tickets to take them the next day. And I did that because I knew that what we would get would be something that was at least kind of appropriate for him, that would mm-hmm. have a few of the characters that he really loves in it, that would feature lightsaber battles, that would feature, you know, interplanetary travel. There would probably be, you know, like a lightspeed uh, warp moment. You know, like there, there are things in it that I know he loves that I know we can go to and it will be fun and we can, you know, have these hit points delivered on. With yeah. Alien, you don't have those things. Like it's it, it, it's always a crapshoot. And so to say that it's going to be, you know, franchisable in the way that Star Wars or Star Trek is, is I think, incredibly short-sighted. Yeah, I would agree. I, I I think that there is potential, like everyone was saying. You know, I think that there is great potential, and I think what Star, what Alien lacks, is what Star Wars has. Even though these new films are kind of being written as they go along, uh, and I think that there's a general arc with Alien. There is no plan. Um, there's this. Oh well, we're gonna do another one. Oh well, who's writing it? Oh well, I think Michael Green's writing it. Oh okay, well is he what is he writing from John Spates' script? Oh well, I think so. Oh, we're bringing this other guy in too. Oh okay, well I have these great yeah. ideas that I want. I mean that's how these moves are made. They're not made with this group of people like with Lucasfilm who who is dedicated to story. They're dedicated to character. They're dedicated to not just that but they're also dedicated to fan outreach disney is in the business and lucasfilm even before disney is in the business of connecting to people and i think we discussed this before um but really alien if they're going to make alien profitable and really that's really all i can think i I, it can't be star wars it can never be star wars it can maybe be it can't even be Avatar. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't. Maybe it can be like Avatar Light in terms of you know money, but they need to get someone behind the the story 
the story ideas or whatever, whether it's David Walter Geiler and David Hill, I don't even know. I don't even know if they're interested anymore. But they need to get someone behind the story who's actually interested in the story, who's interested in um, continuity and cohesion. And you know, we, we we need to make sure that when we we're putting these films out there, that there's someone that these the, the audience can believe in. Um, and there's something more than just an Android um, quickly. And we're going to, re we'll release this, but I, I was talking to, I had an interview with uh, Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. And I was at studio ADI last week, which was awesome. And you guys, were you dropping names? Like it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was awesome. But we, di we, we discussed the prequels and I asked them what they thought of it. And I'll let them articulate that in there. But the one thing that I will say is, they seem to have a hard time connecting to an Android as a kind of anti-hero. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is who's survived. Um, it's kind of like the main character from both films. And uh, that's a problem. That's a problem for your audience. Even the people like Patrick and Michael uh, who enjoyed covenant or, and you know, like things about it, but you guys can also under you guys also realize, and we've discussed this, that there's disconnect issues. There's, and it, which kind of points to, uh, a, a, another issue um, at hand, which we're going to talk about, which is kind of the fans being in strung out shape. Um, mm -hmm. It is, yep. it, and our exhaustion at, oh, we're excited, oh, we're not. Oh, we're excited, oh, we're not. Like, how long is this well, going to go and, on? And because, and because like, like, the things that people are excited about and the things that people are not excited about are also not the same things, you know? So, like, half of fandom goes, oh, yes, whenever an announcement comes out, and half of fandom is, like, depressed about it, and then and then everybody is, like, confused about why the other side feels the way they do, and then they bicker about it on Facebook, and then it's, like, and then everybody's just, like, pissed off. It's, like, it's impossible to get, like, you know, united behind, behind anything. That's the, before, that's before the number on, one issue. We need right? something to unify everybody. Because there's it's there's so many branches to this whole thing, and, and you know what? Mainly, <clears throat> like I said, you know, Jamie, I I absolutely do like Covenant. My problem is I hate Covenant at the same time because Covenant literally came in and just hacked the fandom right in half. You know, it, and it just it just set everybody off on this this whirlwind of exactly of emotions. You know, mm -hmm. some of us really cared about it. Some of us didn't care about it, but I think in general, the only reason that it, it ticked me off was the fact that I ended up, I went from, you know, months ahead of time when, when covenant was going to be released, you know, everybody was talking and, and, and we we're all nice. And we were like, Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, I can't wait. What do you like? <laughs> oh, that's what I like. What do you like? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody covenant was all nice. In. You're right. Yeah. And then after covenant yeah. came in, everybody was like, Fuck you! <laughs> Get off here. That's it. I'm done talking to you. We're over. And, and it, it happened. It happened it, in like two minutes. It did, yeah. and and that's why that's the one thing about Star Wars is, you know, yeah, the Star Wars has like all franchises. <clears throat> they're gonna have a group of people that no matter what happens, they're not gonna be happy. But if you look in a general consensus between adults and kids. Star Wars is a loved franchise because they all connect. And most of the time it's in general agreement, but man, like our franchise is just shattered right now. And I mean, here's the thing with, with that star. But so here's the thing. Like, so I, I completely agree with you. The thing with star Wars is that there exists a mass general audience for it outside of the intense fandom. Right? Like, and so like all the people that are like fighting about the last Jedi, 
are the people that are in that intense inner fandom circle, you know, which yeah. many of us are also in, and we know how frustrating that is right now. Like, yeah. they're, they're, but then outside of that, there are hundreds of millions of people who see Star Wars and just love it because it's just a great movie. Alien doesn't have that. Like, there is no mass general audience for no. Alien. You know, like the people who see Alien are basically the people who really care about it or people who just like, you know, like scary science fiction movies. Mm -hmm. But like but it's not like this. So 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 whenever there's a release in the Alien community, the 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 force that greets it is that same force that is really impassioned and really intense and really insular. And you get these flare ups of emotion that are just insane. And, you know, there's there's a couple things here, though. I, I think even like with Star Wars. Here's the the here's why Star Wars like the Last Jedi obviously has been divisive amongst you know the core passionate fandom, but it also does cater like you said to kind of a general audience. Alien doesn't do that. Alien doesn't have a general audience built in that's going to go in right. and make the film money. So a lot of the success for the Alien films is built upon what fans think. Um, mm -hmm. And you know as we saw, Covenant just took a nosedive. Um, I think it made seventy one million um dollars domestic it didn't in, in I, domestic I, gross yeah, yeah in domestic gross and you know made uh, 20 million dollars less than than blade runner 2049 which was half an hour longer um or almost an hour longer um but i and I, so i think that there's taking these films are risks because there is no built-in audience star wars you know the last jedi has made over 400 million dollars domestic it's going to go on to they say make 1.6 billion so they can take a risk they can do that that's fine Alien can't do that. Alien and Star Wars: it, The Last Jedi could have just been a, a macro shot of a dog turd on a lily pad for two hours, and it would have made two hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like true. Pe people are going to go show up for it because it's a Star Wars movie. That's why know. the next. That's why the next Alien film has to get it right. But before we get into that, um, and I, I, I know we've talked about this several times in terms of what Ridley Scott says, and we all kind of collectively, even people who love Covenant, everyone rolls their eyes. I mean, everyone's rolling their eyes at what he says these days. It's kind of hard to take anything he says seriously. And now he's, we don't know if he's still the gatekeeper. We don't know what's going on with the Alien series, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if this merger is done. Um, but imagine if someone comes and says, we're going to make a Star Wars movie but we're not going to put Jedi in it and we're, or, or any, we're not going to have lightsabers. We're not going to talk about the force. This is going to be about, this is Star Wars. We're going to make Star Wars about porgs. It's going to be about a porg who was born on an Island and what like or what something like that. So we're, and we'd all go to see it and it's like, well, or you're talking about a, a possible next Star Wars film with, that has none of the, where they're, they're going to focus on, like, life as a slave on Jakku or Tatooine or something. And that might be interesting, but that's not what Star Wars is about. And I think the fear or the, the, the concern here is, uh, because we've discussed this, but I feel like I felt like I need to kind of reiterate or re-articulate that you can't make an alien film without aliens in it. You can't. You can't make an alien film about AI unless aliens are in it. And if you're not interested in making an alien film, then don't make one. Um, yeah, well, the, it, it's plain and simple. Like, I mean, did the, uh, you know, to add on to that, it's like Jurassic Park with no dinosaurs. Yeah, totally. That's it. That's the, <laughs> you know, if, that's, if somebody, if somebody yeah. seriously, if somebody came out and said, you know, oh, we're gonna make Jurassic Park, but no dinosaurs, it's like, you know, yeah. what what would you say? Like, okay, I'm gonna try to buy into this, and I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna make a buttload of money because you made a movie 
with Jurassic Park with no dinosaurs in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, Jamie, yeah, you're yeah. yeah, it's perfect. You're right on. I'm, well, I'm just picturing I, like how great would it be if it was just if it was just Jurassic World, but just without the green screen effects added. So it's just people just <laughs> screaming at nothing in the <laughs> 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 People ducking from nothing. Yeah. And I think that that's it's, it's really I, I just think people and I think most of the hardcore fans is you know we're all a part of fandom. We're all kind of uh, plugged in and and. Uh, we know what people are talking about. And I, I think that everyone, even the people who love Covenant, you, Patrick, other people say, hey, no, I don't think that this is the, that great of an idea. And I don't want to get too far into it because uh, Ryan and I really discussed this at length and I don't really don't want to continue. I don't want to uh, cover that ground, but I felt like it's, as we continue the conversation that we're having today, I think going forward, I, I really, I mean, we're at we're we're kind of standing on the edge of a knife as as a fan community. We don't know what's coming. We don't know if there's going to be another alien film, or if we get another alien film, we don't know if it's going to be a, a a sequel to Covenant. We don't know if it's going to be a reboot. We don't know if it's going to be Blumkamp's thing. We don't know anything. It's, yeah, this is such a, mo- a mysterious moment for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did want um, to say really quick. Um, I think one of the keys with Star Wars is, uh, I mean, we beat this over the head all the time, but it's the characters that we connect with. It's it's having these characters from film to film that carry over from film to film that we root for, we identify with. Um, we haven't had that in the Alien series for for years. I mean, um, you know, it's it's been we we just don't have characters to root for, or connect with. Um, you know the. The one that really carried over from Prometheus to Covenant was David, um, who's kind of this sort of ambiguous AI, sometimes evil, maybe other times just kind of going along with programming. We're just not sure, but it's um, – I just think that's something that's sets Star Wars apart is that they have these yes. – and I think, I think Disney recognized yep. that when they took – when they bought, you know, um, bought the franchise and they said we need a – create these really memorable characters and we need to do it right off the bat with the force awakens. Um, cause we need to bring in fans back in, bring them characters to root for. And I think that's what they need to do with the alien franchise. Yeah. Um, and, and if they do reboot it, um, you know, I mean, if, or maybe a sort of a reboot, but if they, you know, want to, uh, you know, with the aliens, like Patrick was saying, you know, the best one to leap off from would be aliens. Cause you have newt who could, you know, carry the torch you know, from, from Ripley and, and then from there you can have more characters and kind of build this, these branching storylines and build a whole new franchise off that. And I think, I think that would be the key. Um, or, you know, they could just forget it altogether. I, I don't know what they're going to, going to do, but I think knowing Disney, the way they've done, you know, done with the MCU and done with star Wars, I, I feel like that's the route they would go because yeah. that's been extremely yeah. successful. So, right. right. But the thing is that they're in a predicament right now because it, looking in terms of linear time progression, like they're still in the prequels. So so what's coming yeah. after this, you know, would, would then have to be either gelling with what we with what we already know. Right. Or like it, it, you know what I mean? Like, like it would set up this divergent timeline if we got really, really attached to these characters, because then we'd be like, where do they go for the next five movies? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So or four movies. Um, so they're in kind of a weird, a weird spot. Yeah. Hey, but before we move on from this section, can I, um, can I read a quote from Scott's interview that we were just talking about? Sure. 
I just I think it's so I think it's so funny because as you, as you were mentioning, like you know, I know that I've I've become along with Michael and Dave and and Clara, who uh, we got to get back on here soon, kind of a, you know token um, Covenant defender, although not Prometheus because I still don't like Prometheus, but I love Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still yeah I roll my eyes like every time Ridley talks now because the things that he says it's 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 like he's gotten too old to give a fuck at all, and he's just like all right, it's like it's like he's just like the drunk uncle who's like you know taking his shirt off in the back, he's just like sitting. <laughs> there he's, he's like listen i'm gonna tell you what it was like in the neighborhood when i was a kid you know what i mean like so, so this interview with that this quote that we're talking about about alien being on the level of star wars came from this um this this interview with vulture magazine that he did which is maybe three quarters just the word fuck in different iterations he's like swearing all over the place <laughs> Um, and, and it, he, he's asked if he thinks that he would be a good a good choice I don't know why I'm laughing. If you'd be oh. a good choice to direct a Star Wars movie, oh wow! And uh, and and he and he says, of course, he says. I'm just going to read you what he says. He says, no, no, I'm too dangerous for that. <laughs> and then they, so they ask what he means, and he says, because I know what I'm doing. I wow. think they like to be in control, and I like to be in control myself. I feel like this is fucking Fifty Shades of Grey. When you get a guy who's done a low-budget movie and you suddenly give him $180 million, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's fucking stupid. You know what the fucking reshoots cost? Millions. Millions. You can get me for my fee, which is heavy, but I'll be under budget and on time. This is where experience does matter. It's as simple as that. It can make you dull as dishwater, but if you're really experienced and you know what you're doing, it's fucking essential. (laughs) Grow into it little by little. Start low-budget get a little bit bigger maybe after 20 million you can go to 80 but don't suddenly go to 160 so basically he's shitting on disney in this quote yeah, right yeah that's like he, a total shade on ryan yeah, johnson he's, he's very he's very directly shitting on ryan johnson yeah yeah <laughs> i mean and he's uh, and he's he's shitting on the hollywood studios cuz he's saying you know basically like they, they don't know what they're doing they they are trying to like exert too much control and then you see what happened with Fox with this with this prequel direction, which again I think is really interesting, but it's very clearly not universally accepted. Um, mm. And so, like they're they're giving him these resources to pursue this vision, and it's becoming a, a little bit difficult to know to know which way it's going. In listen, my 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 last point of this personally is that we I think we need to get a third prequel. I think we just need to just let him close this loop out, no matter what, because this. It needs to have some sort of completion to it and then like take a step back and let Disney step in and, and become the architects of a new phase for this thing and think about and, and not, I, I know we're going to get to bloom camp in one second, but along with bloom camp goes this, this incipient feeling that I have in my heart that it's just this sort of fan service. And I mm. don't think that that is a good idea either because I think we need to be brave, but we need to also be, see, I disagree, um, I disagree with that, but before we get, but before before we get before, before we get to Blomkamp, let's let's stay on this one question and let's all of us talk about it. I know Patrick, you just did. Should the prequels be abandoned or should they make a third one? I guess we're not going to be leaving now, right? I'm sorry, Newt. You don't have to be sorry. It wasn't your fault. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. 
Well, after hearing that quote from Scott, there's no way they're going to have him direct another another film. He'll produce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe produce it or have him like creative consultant and never, um, you know, use any of his ideas like they do with George Lucas now. But uh, with Star Wars, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they they might finish it. I I think it's at a point where I'm kind of I I do want to see him finish the prequel series. Um, but uh but yeah i don't know but i think at the same time they should probably i know jamie um you mentioned that you know they could really get two different films going in production um you know finish the prequel series but also have another one to kind of refresh or reboot the franchise in a way um Mm -hmm. you know but uh but yeah i i don't know i i do even though I have really mixed feelings on Covenant and Prometheus, um, I really actually, I mean, I want to see him finish it. I want to see it get to the beginning of Alien, you know, and see see how it all turned out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's my... Michael, what do you think? Um, I'm at the point now, as a fan of this, you know, this universe, this franchise, I'm at the point now that if they go about and they would not finish this prequel, it's just going to send me over the edge. You know, we followed, they, they, the hype train came up for Prometheus, and then it was, eh. And then the hype train came up for Covenant, and it was, eh. And then, of course, at the end of Covenant, they leave you hanging, like, oh, here's what's going on. You know, David has all these colonists, and here's all this stuff, and we're finally going to get an answer. And if it just cut off, I think the thing that's going to happen is you're going to destroy people because you've now tried to push these people and you finally got, it might not be a big following, but you have enough of a following right now that on this train that a lot of people are exactly like Ryan said, I just want an end to it. I want to see where it leads up to alien. And then I never have to worry about it again. They can go off in any direction they want to, but it's got to be finished. Like I personally just want it for closure. Like, I just want to, I know what alien is. So I know where that goes from there, but it's like, I followed you. I followed you just finish it. And then we never have to worry about Ridley Scott again. Cause then he's done because after that, you know, he doesn't have to be involved anymore. I just need closure. That's all. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting take. I, I don't know if I need closure, but I will say that I, I really truly believe, um, that they can finish the prequel series with a film that will make us probably and me, if I can even believe it, uh, it'll prompt me to look at Covenant in a different light. I think that they could make a a, a, a third prequel and it could just blow our minds, blow our minds. Agreed. Uh, and I think that there, everything is set up to do that. I think you could bring uh, Daniels back and um, Tennessee back and David and in that ship and, really write some amazing dialogue and really write Daniel. So we're like, you know, we're cheering her on and we're like, yes, she is, you know, she's, she's one of us and we're fighting for her by the end of it. Cause of course we didn't, none, none of us felt that way. Daniel's didn't get a lot of screen time. There wasn't a lot of character development. She was kind of one note sort of. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot to, there's a lot there that can be made better in a, in a sequel to this pre to this last prequel um, that I think that could be great. So I, I think that they could finish it. I think they probably should finish it, but here's, I also think if Disney with Disney's hands on this, they're going to ensure 
that we get a good prequel they're or whatever uh a, a prequel sequel or whatever um they're yeah. gonna, they're going to ensure that you know what this series has not been profitable and disney is going to look at all of the assets of fox and they're going to say how can we be profitable how do we make this this sale profitable for us so that means we're going to yeah, want to make and you know what the well go ahead the first thing they're going to say is not touch an alien or they're saying if we're going to touch it, it's got to be good. And they might bring Ridley Scott in for meetings, but they're saying this is what we we are the you know we're the owners now or whoever it would be you know yeah whether it's Bob Iger or somebody saying we we appreciate what you've done we want you involved we want you as a producer but these films have not been profitable and you you know you say you know what you're doing you say you know you're in control where's the where's the proof of this there is no proof in the Alien series uh, yeah Prometheus was more profitable than Covenant there is no proof in Covenant that that Ridley Scott knows what he's doing in terms of making a film that appeals to a wider audience. Um, it, the, the profits aren't there. Um, so yeah. well, you, you know what makes me think that's not going to happen? You want to know what makes things happen? It's because in Disney's official press release that went out, you want you want to hear the part that I think is kind of telling? Sure. Yeah. It, this this is Disney's words. They say combining with Disney, our 21st century Fox's critically I still can't say 21st century Fox's critically acclaimed film production businesses, including 20th Century Fox, Fox Searchlight Pictures, and Fox 2000, which together offer diverse and compelling storytelling businesses and are the homes of Avatar, X Men, Fantastic Four, and Deadpool, as well as the Grand Budapest Hotel, Hidden Figures, Gone Girl, The Shape of Water, and The Martian. And its storied television creative units, 20th Century Fox Television, FX Productions, and Fox 21, which have brought the Americans, This Is Us, Modern Family, and The Simpsons, and so many more, including FX Networks, National Geographic, blah, 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 blah. My point being, they go through about 75 intellectual properties, and they say nothing about either Alien or Predator. Because it's not profitable. That's why. And, and this one, I don't think that they're even thinking about it. Uh, you're right. I don't I, think they're I, even I, thinking about it. I would agree with you. And I think if they're going to think about it, they're going to, I think they're probably, I don't know. Again, I don't know where this merger is. I know it's kind of, it's happened, but I think that they're waiting on certain things to kind of close the deal. Um, and so, but I'm sure there are people assessing everything, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah which, yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> Well, but, I, mean, I mean, these mergers can take a long time to really get solidified. So it's, I mean, they probably have dozens, if not hundreds of people just trying to get all this stuff together just to, you know, who knows? I mean, well, they've probably been working with each other for a while before we even heard about it. But still, it's, you know, this might, might take some time for them to even really kind of get things going or even acknowledge that franchise maybe that wasn't even on the radar you know i think for the big thing for disney is they're going to start the streaming service and they saw 20th century fox and they're like dude if we can get them if we can acquire their stuff and get on our streaming service we're going to destroy netflix um yeah. you know and i think that's really been their focus is wanting they're going to have this new streaming service they're going to take everything out that they have on netflix put it on the streaming service um and all the star wars stuff i mean it's going to be an mcu they're and I think I thought that was probably the primary focus. Um, so they might not even have really thought much about the Alien franchise. And like you said, Jamie, it just hasn't been profitable. So to them, maybe it's just like yeah. right now that's not their focus. Right now it's other things. 
Maybe and, it will be. You know, they didn't mention the Predator road. either, I don't think. They didn't mention right. the Predator series. No, no they, they haven't said anything. There's, about there's a bunch of stuff that Fox owns and has made money off of that they haven't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. and most of the stuff that they have mentioned are kind of in the zeitgeist right now. They're in they're in consciousness. They're out, they're making money, they're profitable. Um, I think that so that's what they want to kind of and I think yeah. they, they couldn't even name but at the same time. Alien is, you know, the Alien series is, you know, I mean, it's it's historical. It's, you know, it's it's it changed everything when the first film released. So for them to not even make a mention of it, yeah. that that's also very interesting, you know, for sure. It is, and you know, uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, well, Corporal Hicks on AVP Galaxy, but but our, our good friend uh, Aaron Percival mentions on his uh, article on this on AVP Galaxy that this is going to have huge effects on some of the expanded universe stuff, like the relationship that Dark Horse has had with 20th Century Fox for mm-hmm. 30 years, the relationship with NECA, you know, with, with all of these um, properties, because Disney has all of their own labels for these things. Like, Disney <laughs> Disney owns Marvel, you know? Like, D- D- Disney is going to own everything under one roof, so it's going to be very easy to sort of mm-hmm. screw over some of these Titan books, these third-party part, these third party, um, companies. It's just, I, I mean... Like, Brian, you're totally right. Like these these mergers take years and years to do. I'm 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 in the middle of one currently in, in the organization mm-hmm. that I work for, and it's been going on for six years, and it's yeah. a huge huge process. But the thing is, is it's like you know, look, like look at the facts. It's like Ridley Scott is going to be ninety, you know, by the time he, he's in a position <laughs> where he's getting money to make this thing again. Like his vision is, he's already made it so clear, so publicly. Like with that Vulture interview, that he has no interest in working within the studio system. Right. Um, if they're not going to let him do what he wants to do, and you think you think Disney, you know, is going to let him no. run roughshod? Or, no, no, of no course way. not. No. So now, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, are we just going to have this weird, like, you know, it's like a, it's like a hangnail. It's like you know when you're when you chip a toenail or something like that. Like these these sequel these prequels are just going to stop in the middle of like this huge cliffhanger, and then we're going to like just jump to Alien 1979. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't. I just don't see this. I honestly think the way forward is to have um, Amanda be the story the center of the story, Amanda Ripley. I think that would be great. Or, or, you know, know, as much as I love Ripley, I don't, and maybe Fox or maybe Disney wants to go the, you know, the Star Wars route and keep, you know, the name Ripley alive because she's kind of the, the Skywalker of the alien series. And that's fine, I suppose. But I think I'm ready for a new character. I think I'm ready for, uh, maybe even a male character. I think I'm ready for it because I think part of it is is they've tried to do this over and over since mm-hmm. Prometheus with Covenant um, and even a little bit in the AVP films um, where they kind of put these strong female leads that kind of have fallen flat and we don't see them again. Um, mm-hmm. The next film opens up and, oh, she's dead. You know, oh, she died, in, you know. Um, and Shaw could even have been a great character if they would have invested in her. Like, why didn't they invest in her? Why didn't they make her live? Like, I don't... I, even though I didn't like her in the original, they could have made her badass in Covenant. They could have made mm-hmm. her a survivor. They could have, by the time we met Shaw, she could have been a little bit Elizabeth Slander from, you know, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with a little bit of that, you know, grit in her. But they didn't. They just abandoned her. And, oh, we have somebody new now. We have a new Ripley. She's even wearing a tank top and holding a gun like her, you know? Um, <laughs> it was it was insulting. It's insulting. Um, not the... And I just... I don't know. I think I'm really... Unless... Blomkamp does his thing with with Sigourney Weaver, and again, we don't even know it probably won't happen, uh, even though we'd like it to. Uh, I, I just I think it's time for a reboot. I do. Yeah. Speak, speak for yourself on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so we you should talk about you want to talk about you want to talk about Blomkamp? Yeah, but okay. So let me just address first of all the comment you made that about fan service in Blomkamp. 
Blomkamp is a fan of Aliens. He said Aliens is his favorite film. He does love the first one. So I don't think that the things that we're seeing in these images that he's released, and we can, uh, Ryan or Patrick, you guys can kind of talk about what, what that latest news, and we can discuss that. But with these yeah. the images that we've seen in 2016 and now, or 2015 or whatever it was, um, what we're seeing, in my opinion, is someone who has, who is in love with the aesthetics of Alien or aliens. And I don't think it's fan service. I think it's someone like, no, I see this, I see these, this film that I love and I want to honor it. And I want to make another film set within that universe. Um, and tell an, another story and keep it familiar. And I, I just don't think, I think he's a much of a fan of, of aliens and this, the saga as JJ Abrams is of star Wars, as Ryan Johnson is of star Wars, as uh, what's his name? Gareth Edwards is of star Wars. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it does him a disservice just to, and I'm not saying you're fully doing this, Patrick, but I've seen other people or I've heard other people or read other people just kind of blow him off as, Oh, this is just wank fan service says who, because he likes aliens. And we are seeing a little bit of that. What, what says that this is fan service, you know? <laughs> well, I, so so here's the thing. What what's what is annoying me most? Here's all right. I'll give you two things. First off, I can't stand the fucking constant handheld cameras in Bloomcamp's output. I, I find that really jarring and really anti-alien aesthetic. And that's not to say that he would necessarily employ that in his aliens film if he did one. But I, I really like. I feel like it would. Um, I feel like there's a distinct lack of geometry in his cinematography. I feel like it's his, his films are very unbeautiful. I feel like um, it's aesthetically um, against the grain of what Alien represents to me. You don't think just District from Nine was beautiful? No, I do not. Wow. No, I do not. I think I think District Nine uh, is a really interesting ideas piece. I think it has some good body horror in it. I think it's kind of an interesting movie. If it's a little bit, I think, on the nose, a little bit sophomoric, if it's a little bit kind of like a smart high school student made it. Um, a little bit predictable. I think there's some interesting things about it. I think it's done a tremendous disservice by the constant handheld camera work, which I think makes it look like it's, you know, reruns of The Shield, you know, from, from 1999 or something. Because um, it's all in the interest of verisimilitude, right? It's all like he wants it to look like, you know, it's not really CG because the camera's moving around a lot, like you're watching it with your own eyes. But it's like after a certain point, you get used to that, and then you just see everything as this sort of like, it makes it look like a TV show. And to me, Alien is about, it's about, deliberate it like it's very much like prometheus and covenant and alien 1979 it's 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 very deliberate geometric beautiful storytelling that uh i think that this this artwork that he's released shows he doesn't quite have a grasp on the other thing is i I don't like the way that he's been acting and and i know this is so presumptuous in me because i i do like his movies by and large and I do think he's a nice guy, and I've you know participated in Reddit AMAs with him and everything. I think he seems like a nice person. I love the Oat Studio stuff. I've watched every single one of those videos. I think they're freaking cool. I don't think they're necessarily yeah. alien quality, but I think they're really cool. But what I don't like is is he's like baiting the fan community. Like he's sending these things out at these really inopportune times that are making people bitch and moan and fight with each other about it. And it's like, and he must know what he's doing. Like, and you, I mean, do you really think it's just chance that? Within a week of this announced merger, he releases more concept art. No, it's because he's try. He's like some sort of like a guilty ex, you know, boyfriend who's like he's like, hey, remember me? Like I'm still I'm still floating around here. You know, I'm like I'm out, you know, I'm driving around. It's two a.m. You know, I got you know. It's it's like it's like he's putting these things out there that that's like it's like he presumes that for some reason he is the heir apparent to the alien lineage, and I don't think he is. I don't think 
that I want to see a Neil Blomkamp alien film. And I think mm. outside of just, in my opinion, shoddy camera work, lackluster cinematography, um, a sophomoric approach to philosophy, which, hey, you can say about Ridley Scott too, and we can argue about that, but that's a separate issue. I also think that um, his movies just feel like they are made by him. I think you can see it in Note Studios. I think he has a very definite vision and a very definite aesthetic. And I think it serves, it, it does a disservice to a degree to a franchise to have people with really idiosyncratic visions take on projects because it makes it even harder, even harder in the long term to establish tone and continuity. And if what he's trying to do with this is reboot something and erase from history, my, maybe my favorite Alien film, which is Alien, Alien 3, if you want to do that, then you better make a movie that will be the mortar into which you will set all future Alien films and will be like it just incredibly good, and I don't see I don't see him being the person behind that. Mm-hmm. And every time he like stirs up the fan community with these Instagram posts, I'm like, man, like, ah, like don't do that, you know? Like well, put these out after the fact. Well, I mean, we had just been talking about you know when Disney takes a project, they take control of it. It doesn't matter who's in the director's chair. I mean, Disney is running the show. I mean, yeah, if they want Neil Bloomkamp to direct a film. Um, you know, they'll, they'll let them, you know, have some freedom. I mean, they did definitely have, they had Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, he had some freedom to be creative and tr- take chances, but ultimately yeah, yeah. they're, they're in charge, you know, um, and they're not just going to let Bloom Camp run wild and, or just do, do whatever he wants to do. Um, and at the same time, I don't think the script he wrote um, was completely, you know, retconning Alien Three, um, at least from what I've what I've heard, is was that it it didn't uh, didn't shove it to the side. I'm not sure exactly how how it was you know planned out or whatever, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't see I don't see Bloom Camp is um, you know doing that and that, and just watching Zygote, you know, from Oat Studios. I'm like, dude, that was vintage like Aliens, uh, and there was no, it didn't have that handheld camera work it looked like a really um really polished really well well done you know short film so i i mean i have a lot of confidence in them um and or I think, elysium which yeah. looks like beautiful yeah. you know which mm-hmm. had gorgeous cinematography oh i, I mean, think elysium looks like shit i'm gonna be really honest with you i, I think elysium looks like reheated dog food I really, really do. <laughs> yes, it, it, it looks like so did you guys see the beauty and the beast live action remake that they did yeah no, I know I'm kind of going on tangents, but but did, did you so so it is so apparent that none of that was shot yeah, yeah. in any kind of a practical real environment. Like yeah. you, it's just so green like screen insertion. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and and to me, Elysium was exactly like that. I'm like, oh, like this would be interesting if I believed any of it. Like, but it's so clearly that they're just in a big room in a studio with green tapestries hung up, and they're just going to insert all this in post production. And it's like you can do that and and do it really well. But but I, and I think 2049 is the perfect example of how to do it, to do it well, you know, to really invest in like large practical sets and then to fill in the gaps with CG. And I, I just just like they used to do with matte paintings, you know, I, I think yeah. I think Elysium, I think it looks like uh, divergence or something. I think it looks very crappy. Well, I, I disagree. I, I think it looks really beautiful. I mean, but I th- the problem with Elysium is it's fern gully it's white man you know comes in saving ethnicities the only one to save ethnicities from the other evil white people in the sky i mean it was very it was just very one note uh high school 
yeah, I mean, I, I would just yeah. say I would just say it was very, very pedestrian, and I think. But the great thing is, is about Blomkamp is he went on record saying, "Yeah, it's true. The script wasn't where it needed to be. It could, it should have been better." Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I like that. Yeah. And I, 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 but and I I agree with you in some way, Patrick, that I think Alien demands a certain aesthetic. At the same time, I think it's kind of a, a tricky thing because. Alien also needs a little bit of a risk at this, but on the other hand, you could say that Covenant's a risk that it took. Um, but mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know if it's a risk that paid off. But I think really what we're all saying here is, is Alien, if Fox or if Disney's going to kind of reinvest in this franchise, they are going to need to, and they probably will. They'll need to get a group of people in who ensure the quality of these films, ensure that if Blomkamp does an Alien film, it it, it feels like another Alien film. Yes, they mm-hmm. let him do what he wants to do. But what, but what if he does it and it feels like a chappy, you know? Yeah. What, I, what if he does it and it feels like an Elysium? What, but here's what, the thing. What but, but what if he does it and it looks like chappy, but it's fuck, the story is amazing? And we, we leave that film cheering. What if that happens too? What if it looks like a well, way what's, that... What's... Stories has he written that you found so compelling, other than District Nine? Uh, well, I would say District Nine is it, really. Right, that's well, one out of how many four feature films? Yeah, but you think of these all these other early filmmakers who had a great film, and then they did other films that weren't great, and they kind of flopped. I mean, Ridley Scott's done that. I mean, I don't. The last great Ridley Scott film. I mean, I haven't seen All the Money in the World, and I don't think I think um, The Martian was serviceable, but it's not great. Um, I, I so I. But I mean, at the same time, Ridley Scott has a lot of great films behind him. But there are a lot of filmmakers who make films that fall short, that aren't good, that aren't, you know, that. and he's made three films. So I feel like, I just feel like he needs, more, I, I, I feel like he he deserves more than to be blown off because we didn't like, I mean, and I, I enjoyed Chapman. Oh, I don't think you should be blown off. I don't um, think you should be blown off at all. I think you should be taken seriously. I'm just I, I don't like the presumptuousness of it. I, I, I don't like that it's like any any time he releases anything on Twitter or Instagram, you have this contention of the fan community that just goes, oh, give, you know, give him, give him everything. Like, like he's like the savior. Like he's the, you know, and I'm like, why, why Bloomcamp? Like, well, why not? A, like, here, think about- here's the question though. Why do you think people are acting like this? And I'm, I'll raise my hand as one of them. Why do you think answer? This- no, 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 but no, that's it's not comfort food. It's not. I, I don't think it's comfort food. There's another reason why that I'm looking for. Why? Um, because, and we discussed this briefly. This the alien fandom is in such disarray. It's so disunified. It's so PTSD. Um, this kind of roller coaster that we've been on for year after year after year, getting shitty film after shitty film after shitty film after, oh, that was kind of good, but it's shitty. Or that was really great, but this was shitty. I mean, and so what people see, yes, there is some, when they see Blomkamp's stuff, like this dropship, he released a, an image of the dropship, and there's some, it's a little bit redesigned. And there's an element that people are seeing, they're like, oh my God, I'm invested in that dropship. And it's exciting people that maybe somewhere there's an alien film that I can invest in again. And I and I don't even think so much that it's about Blomkamp saving the franchise. People are seeing something that is giving them hope. And I'm the same way. But that's not what bring, they're saying on social they, media. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna split into this talk now because I just kind of no, I was Michael, sitting in the wings. No. I was waiting in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, here, so I'm gonna be the first one. Here's the first thing I'm gonna say. I loved all of his movies. I did. What? I liked all of them. You know why? Because it doesn't have to be for me. When I watched District Nine, 
I remember before the movie even came out, they were showing it as footage, which looked just like a real event was going on. This is a guy that came in with not a big budget. He didn't do anything. I have District 9 on Blu-ray, and I'm telling you, I watched that at least once every couple weeks because I love that movie. That movie is so dirty and so gritty. And so, like, I like the fact that it looks like it's almost reality. Like, you're you're mm-hmm. actually seeing these this thing is happening into you. All right. And then I saw Elysium. Elysium I liked. I liked the concept. I wasn't crazy about it. But I liked the, the futuristic style. Yes, everybody always says that, oh, you know, all his movies have the same style and everything like that. I happen to like the style that those movies have. I like that, you know. To be honest with you, if you want to talk about where that style is, look at Aliens. It's that metal, you know, things are ragged, things are grungy, there's, there, you know, there's scrapes, there's scars. It's just that kind of a movie. And then I saw Chappie, and I, once again, I love Chappie. I, I, I thought it was a great movie. It blew me away because I'm like, it just, to me, it looked, it was fun. It was a good movie to just sit back and just enjoy. Now, on the other side of that, <clears throat> I agree with, with Patrick. As a fan of the franchise, every time, and with my favorite movie being Aliens, every time I get a glimpse of something that he does that reminds me of Aliens, I, my heart starts beating. Because I'm like, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that in so long. And it brings me back to that time. I'm like, my favorite movie. And it, it gets like this nostalgic feeling in and then all of a sudden he'll come out and he'll say, but these are just things that we did from when we were trying to do it before and now I'm just releasing it. So that like takes me from, you know, 100 down to zero within a matter of minutes. <clears throat> Being said on that too, the stuff that he has, his drawings look amazing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like Jamie and I have talked about before and everybody knows how I feel on this. I... My family, when I was younger, was Ripley and Newt and Hicks and Hudson and Vasquez. That's where I was at. And, you know, and Ripley was the tops. So the moment I see anybody take their own view or possibly that glimpse in my eyes of, hey, look, here they are again. This could really happen. No matter if they're 20 years older, 30 years older, immediately I'm like, where could this go? You know, okay, I'll give you a chance. Don't, you know, don't make me regret it because that's what Ridley Scott's already done to me. So I'm very apprehensive about letting you take over this whole, you know, exactly like Patrick. You know, I am the same way. I have a little bit of apprehension because I'm thinking, you know, what are you going to do to this group that I've grown up with? I mean, Ridley's already destroyed my confidence because, you know, to go from, you know, alien and having, you know, your hero and having, you know, the, the, the dark and claustrophobic and chase. And then you, you come out and tell me, well, you know, the alien's not really the important aspect of this. The important aspect is the villain Android, you know, he's going to make the whole franchise. He, he is the new way to go. It just, you know, you're on a thin line and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to feel about it. Like I said, I, I'm with Jamie. Every time I see him come out with artwork and I think his artwork looks amazing. You know, the, like he had the one come out today. I think it was with all the, uh, the different versions of the suits, Mm -hmm. um, with like the Wayland 
logos and all that stuff on them. And they look phenomenal because the, and actually the one of them, I think it's the one with the, the two women and then the two suits. Mm-hmm. If you look at that first one, that first one, her outfit looks almost exactly like Amanda Ripley's outfit from, uh, from the I alien game. So. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, she has like the rolled up sleeves and it has the, the, you know, the patching on it. And that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like the outfit that on isolation that Amanda Ripley has, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing. That's an awesome, you know, aesthetic, I think, but, I don't know. I'm I like I said. I'm just droning on here, but I'm so close. Like all day today, I was my emotions were crazy because in the last couple of hours, because I thought this was done, I was I was secured on the fact fo- on the fact that Fox was not going to let Blomkamp do his movie. It was never going to happen. We might as well just let go with it. And then all of a sudden, I'm on Twitter, and boom, here's all these pictures again, and I'm like, what's going on now? I don't know if I had said before. Um, his oat studio is in talks with Disney to do the flight of the navigator. They're doing a remake. Now he's not on board to do it, but oat studio is. So, you know, that also plays into this all of a sudden now, now Disney they're involved with Disney, you know, Fox is now, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm on the edge. The knife blade is getting is I, pretty, pretty thin. I hear you. And again, I'm going to reiterate that. I think that, what we're seeing, because if we look at this, the posts that we made last night, uh, with two images of that Blomkamp release, one was the dropship and one was some guy's foot in a, a boot. And you see the alien down this shaft or tunnel or whatever, and it's kind of looking up or whatever. We have 324 likes, um, to that post and just, you know, dozens and dozens or hundreds of shares of that image or of those images. And if I compare those that excitement, that level of excitement, um, uh, I don't see that with hosts, whether they're from AVP Galaxy or uh, Sci-Fi or whatever, um, when posting about the prequel, a, a possible sequel to Covenant. I don't see that level of excitement. When I see Blomkamp's stuff being published, there's the kind of excitement that I haven't seen in fandom before. That's not to say... That, that means it's going to be a hit. That's not to say it's going to be a good film. It's not to say it's, it, it might be shitty. Those, those, all of those things are possible. What I am saying is fandom is in desperate need of hope. And right now, what we see in Blomkamp's uh, imagery is hope. And I think, do that's, you think that's what everybody is responding to. Do yeah. you think, now us all talking about Star Wars earlier, do you think that a movie, if he was to do a movie, that would leapfrog right from the whole aliens where it was all like Marines and explosions and action and something like that. Do you think that now the way that they're treating star Wars, his, his, his vision would go along perfect with the times right now with, with the big budget action movies. Do you think that would be, he would go on easier with that or, I mean, I, I personally think the way movies are right now, now, now granted, I don't, I don't want a big budget explosions and action and million, million, million dollar budgets and stuff like that. But the same aspect, the way that people are reacting at this day and age to action type movies and blockbusters, it has that element. And I think Aliens next step would transfer perfectly into that. I would agree. 
Uh, I would think that, I mean, I think that it's it's going to be a fine balance. I think it's the same kind of balance that Star Wars has, where people come to expect certain things from Star Wars, and Disney understands that, so they show those things. But they also understand that character is key. Um, yeah. and, and that character needs to propel these things. And uh, that's what needs to propel Alien. The You know, the Alien, either the prequel series or a sequel series. Um, and the more we talk about it, the more I think, the best idea for uh, for Disney is to come in and say we're telling a new story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I absolutely think this franchise needs a her- hero or a heroine. We need somebody that can drive that you can you know get behind, and exactly like Star Wars. I, and I know we, I keep coming back to it, but that's exactly how Star Wars is. I mean, you got behind Han Solo. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and that was a character that for those three original movies, you were behind all of them. No matter, you know, they're ups and downs, but you knew they were going to be there. We're in the Aliens franchise right now. We have nobody. I'm sorry. I personally don't like David. Oh, I know Dave's going to kill me for this. But like David's character, I, I can't get behind. A villain doesn't make me excited for a movie. You know, I, I need to have that person that is fighting the company or that person that is fighting the dark side or, you know, you have to have that person that you can go along and be like, you know, oh, they're in trouble now or, okay, they came through or something like that. It, just to to follow through the movie and be like, okay, so the bad guy, okay, he won. Okay, it's the android. Okay, he came out on top on this one. Now he came out. Like, that never really clicked with me. I liked it, but it's not the same as, you know, Watching Ripley go through the whole first Alien movie, pretty much on her own till the end, and then taken off to where the second one she comes in and yeah, she struggles at first, then she ends up saving the day. Then you come to the third, and then you have to see like, okay, she her the ending to her story, and then but there's just nobody right now. Like you said with Daniels, they they killed any chance for Daniels in Covenant for her to take a predominant role. Like that's well, not, not, when we, you know, I thought that when we first saw the the trailers and stuff, I was like, yeah, I, I get that she was. It was kind of a little corny because she was, you know, almost exactly like Ripley. But like, I was excited. I thought she was going to be the one, and then it just kind of, you know. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they could still do significant stuff with Daniels, um, you know, in the sequel um, or the next prequel. I mean, there's. She could escape somehow or, you know, there's just different ways she could, you know, go about it once she's taken out of hypersleep, um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like, like we said, they, we need characters and that we can get behind. And, um, and I think what I was, you know, when I saw the pictures, what I saw was, you know, people seeing something, it was a, it was back to that familiar universe that we all fell in love with, you know, with the first mm-hmm. two and arguably three films. And I think that's what people really gravitate to. Um, and it is that, that hope as Jamie, Jamie says really, um, cause it's, yeah, the, the franchise, the fan base has been really fractured, divided, um, polarized. It's, you know, we, and this is a series we love. I mean, all four of us, you know, love the series and we, we want to kind of be united in that love again for it. And, um, you know, what we see with what Bloom Camp's showing is, um, you know, it kind of brings us back and gives us that hope that it can be that way again. Um, well, let me say, when you say you hope, so the hope mm-hmm. is for what is, is for, is for what? 
a film where everyone can believe in uh, a character it's happening now. Be- what do you mean happening now? I mean, like, like with the the prequels just getting just totally derailed and just, and then all of a sudden getting an aliens corollary film. Uh, yeah, it takes maybe, place in the and like not necessarily the maybe. I mean, and it's uh, you have to understand though, and I think you do uh, that. I I think there's not enough people that are like, oh my god, yeah, Shaw, man, that brings me back to Prometheus every time, or or yeah, man, Daniel's. <laughs> like, there isn't there isn't those people. There are people who love the ideas like you do of, of Covenant. There are people who, which is fantastic. I mean, there's things again. There's things about Covenant that I love, um, in terms of the first, you know, Ferris and the first whole setup there. Amazing stuff. I mean, I wish Ferris. Yeah. Was, I wish Ferris was the the hero of of Covenant. I mean, I would, I would. I would watch that film. I would watch that mm-hmm. fucking film if that actress was ended up being the lead of the film as opposed to some actress that was kind of set up as the lead and she wasn't. Um, but there is no one out there talking about, oh, yeah, like films, stories are about great characters. There are no great characters no, but no, but, but, in these but, but, films. What I'm, but what I'm, what I'm saying, well, I mean, that's open to, you know, argument, I think. But but what, I, what I'm saying is, like, when, when Bloomcamp releases these things, and says, oh, well, it's not going to happen. I might as well show you the pre-production art, you know. And then everybody freaks out about it. Are they freaking out because they want us to abandon the progression that we're on and just start again with some movie that takes place in the middle of the trilogy as it as it was originally written? And then just have this, like, I'm confused about that because, like, I, sure, I, I would uh, love this. I would love to see what that would look like. But, like, I, I'm kind of curious about how these prequels are going to, like, line up with the original film because we, we have something that's already so bifurcated. It's already so fractured. This 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 whole entire franchise is already so all over the place that like we finally have a little bit of continuity being established. And just because some parts of the fan base don't like it, we're going to all of a sudden just completely just kill it and then just start again with another thing germinating on what seeds from thirty five years ago. Uh, I mean, you know? I, I, I'll, I'll challenge the part of the fan base comment. I don't think it's part of the fan base doesn't like it. I I would one hundred percent. I 100% uh what am I trying to say? I 100% believe that the majority of the fan base are not a fan of Covenant. There is a faction of them that love it. The uh for sure. I do I Give me numbers on that, man. Give, I would, give me numbers. Well, on. I can't give you numbers. I, I can't <laughs> quantify I, I can give you numbers. I can't quantify I can that. Give you, I can give you numbers of it. Numbers I've of what? I've done that. Though? I've given you I, the ADP survey, 74% of people liked it. The survey we did, 60% of people liked it. I don't think that that's what our survey did. Actually, our survey had the opposite. In fact, our survey had the opposite, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, outcome. Oh, no. Our survey no, said that that most people the, the, didn't want it, wanted to move on from it. All right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out. What so, so, here, so here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split in the middle of this. So, I, I totally, I see the thing is the nicest, and I think Ryan and I are. are this is a good chance because we can get to sit back and listen to both sides. <laughs> but like, but yeah, but like, my thing is this. Here's, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have people that, of course, you know, like the prequels, liked all that stuff. You know, like Covenant. Like I said, I love Covenant. I really do. I, I don't like everything about it, but I honestly like that movie. But I'm telling you right now, I would drop that movie in a heartbeat to be able to jump back in to where a lot of fans, a lot of alien fans will say to jump back into the universe that we were originally in. See, we we had to be brought into Prometheus. We had to be brought into Covenant 
this is a fan base that already knows one, two, and three. Now, I agree. I wouldn't want them to cut out three. I wouldn't want that. that. I would feel that that was a disservice. But if you put something in between or you go the Rogue One way or something like that and you you have a whole universe where you can branch off after. You know, I agree. Put a Put a prequel in, cap it off. Okay, now we've come full circle. We know where original Alien started. My thing is you're going to have a ton of fans out there that will immediately come back into this franchise because they're going to see something in familiarity. It's just like, you know, I mean, I guess we should have just made this a Star Wars episode because I think it's the easiest way for me to explain what I'm thinking. It's familiarity like you guys had talked about right off the beginning of the episode. It's like you, Patrick, you can take your kids to see the movie because you know or you want to go or you get or, or millions and millions of tickets are sold because people know when they go to a Star Wars movie what they're going to get. OK, if I am a fan that have grown up with Alien and Aliens and all of a sudden I see some guy, no matter who it is, come out with ideas for a movie that has mm-hmm. the same settings as Aliens, which is my favorite movie, I'm going to immediately be on board. And that's the thing where Disney comes in and they look at that and they say, okay, so here's what we have. We have Aliens, which by far may be one of the favorites of all, of all the series. And now you have Neil Blomkamp, who maybe he's doing it for a, uh, you know, maybe he's just being a dick and doing it just to get everybody riled up. That's, <laughs> that's easy to say. Maybe. I don't think he's. I don't think he's being a dick. I think he's just trying to get people to like. To, I, I think he's trying to get fans to petition for him to get the job again, and it just comes across as needy. To exactly. me That's what I'm saying. So on the other hand, he could be saying, "Hey, listen, now's my chance. Disney now owns Fox. If I can get on board with this, and they can see how many people are interested in this, my love as a fan of the franchise, I got the world by the balls." And it's well, awesome. And, and my thing is, is as I personally would love to see that. I'm I'm on board. I mean, I'll, I'll read everything I can. But, you know, to have an alien movie with someone behind it that's an Aliens mega fan, and then it also is backed by Disney, I mean, that's like, that's like the stars in the universe aligning. I mean, you, you, you can't help but get excited about what you're seeing. Yeah, and, but but then but then if that sucks, then it's like eating comfort food that went rotten and made you barf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, like oh, if, I, if I, that's I done that, badly, yeah. like if it comes out and it's this like bland thing that feels like it's not true to the source material, and and then all because the thing is is that like aliens, the reason why it's beloved by a lot of people. Um, well, I, I don't want to make a huge. I, I feel like this is the episode where I'm just like making a bunch of like cranky generalizations about things, no. like. like but, but one of the reasons why I think many of us love Aliens is because it is comforting because we fell in love with it when we were kids and because it feels like there's something magical about it. And, and here's where I'm going to become, like, yet again, uh, uh, the, the token cranky generalizer of the episode. This year, if I have learned anything this year, and I, I think I've learned quite a lot, it is that it is impossible to actually recapture the feeling of being a child and watching a movie that you know will change the rest of your life. It's impossible to recapture that. And you can come extremely close to it, but you will never get there. The problem is that when when you when fans think that they deserve that, when they think it's going to happen, when you have a 45-year-old guy sitting in a in a Star Wars theater 
sitting in a theater who saw who saw Star Wars in, in 1978, you know, and is waiting for it to come out. Um, and and it's and it doesn't make him feel like he wants to go pretend like he's having lightsaber battles in the street. Um, then he's going to wonder what was wrong with it. And instead of thinking, oh, maybe it's because I'm just a jaded adult with like this whole, you know, like with a a whole lifetime of experiences behind me now that's like making it harder for me to escape into this, um, you know, escapist imaginary realm. He's going to think it's the filmmaker's fault. And then he's going to go on Facebook. And because of the way the algorithms on Facebook are structured, his comment, which will be, um, you know, full of vitriol, will be controversial and people will comment on it and it will go to the front and then it will inform this narrative that it's really divisive and unpopular. And we've seen it with every single one of these big franchise films, starting with Covenant this year, um, from Covenant to It to 2049 even, which uh, which in my opinion is an unimpeachable masterpiece. And yet, just like today, I sent Jamie and Ryan a screenshot. Like, you mm -hmm. know, they posted something on, on Facebook and the first comment was like, oh, this is a piece of shit, you know? And I was like, well, here you go. And now again with yeah. Last Jedi, which 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 many people who I, I'm assuming are all insane, but whatever, many people are saying is worse than the prequels. I'm like, what, are you, what movie are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> and like, like that with everything. And so here's the problem, and here's my long-winded way of getting to it, is that if we get this Bloom Camp Aliens thing, and it's not fucking orgasmically good, then where are we, you know? Then where are we? Where are we when our comfort food makes us sick? Where well, are well, we when we realize we will never get back to the childhood feeling again? Well, let um, me ask you. Here, here's, yeah, your, yeah. Here's, the, here's the prime example. So we've, we've been discussing the prequels and about, about filling the gap and finishing them, or a possible spinoff from aliens or wherever that might be me personally, I would rather forget the prequels because the guy behind them is just making them because he can. And I'd rather jump to a possibility or of a future movie that might or might not work out by a person who wants to make it because they love it. You know, that's my difference. That's why I can't get behind capping off the, the, the prequels because I've totally gone cold with Ridley Scott. But, but know, why, every, is, why else time, would he be making them, you know? Every well, time he comes, you know why? Because he, he has an arrogance behind him of where he thinks yeah, he that does, they yeah. are his. And he can just do whatever he wants. And then what happens is, is now he has the ability and he had the backing to where he could force feed you whatever you wanted, whatever he wanted to say. I mean, to come out to fans of the alien who are, fran are fans of the creature itself and say, oh, that's gone cold. I think the I think the robot is more important. Like you realize you're this is an alien movie. I mean, th there's got to be a, a give and take. And then when you have somebody that comes out. And for albeit whatever it matters, maybe he's just releasing pictures. Maybe he's just he's just a uh, you know wants to you know get re to see what people think and stuff like that. But he's a fan that is involved because he loves the movie, not because he feels ownership. You know that that's where I disconnect. That's where I'm like, you know what, this movie might come out and it might be horrendous. And it might be the, the, the end letters on the tombstone of the Alien franchise, but I'd rather give it to the guy that is a fan of the, the, the movies and wants to see it done than the guy that feels ownership and feels that, well, I don't care what I'll do. I'm going to make it, and you're going to like it. Well, and here, that's, here, that's, here's what I want to uh, 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 – I will jump in and say. I don't think familiarity uh, – just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't think familiarity with what we're seeing with Blomkamp – necessarily means that we're going to get get 
get a good film? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I think to your point, Patrick, it could suck. It could be great. At the same time, I don't look, I don't go to films wanting to relive them as, as a child. I go to films wanting to have a good experience, wanting to come out being changed and, 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 uh, have my, uh, just have an experience and fe- come out feeling, uh, euphoric and, uh, like, wow, I just learned something or i you know, I felt that way with 2049. I felt that way with interstellar. I felt that way with inception. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but all these films that I've seen as an adult that have rocked my world. And I wouldn't say it's, you know, Oh my God, orgasmic, but they're amazing, <laughs> solid films. And no, but, but, but so all those movies that you just mentioned though, so inception was a new script, right? Interstellar yeah. was a new script. 2049 was, you know, almost 40 years in the making. Um, and it was also one of the, probably the best science fiction film I've seen in my adult life. Yeah. You know? But I mean, I just so, named, so I, I just named a few offhand. I mean, I can name you more. I can name you predestination. I can name you. I mean, I can go down a list. Isn't that, that's, uh, that's a new script too. Yeah, but you, it doesn't, you see well, what I'm saying? like, well, but what, 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 what but, if no, but see, Star Wars, though, you, you can't separate yourself from that child in the no, movie seat when you were a kid. Yeah, but see, but this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not talking about that experience as a child. I'm talking about I want to see a good film. And I'm not I, th- we're not going to see Alien that, because we saw it in the theater as a ch- child, as in fact, most of us didn't. Most of us saw it on VHS with our, our parents. So there's not that experience of when I was seven, I saw aliens in the theater. I mean, we couldn't. They wouldn't, you know, like so we don't that we have to take that completely out of the equation. What we're no, saying but the thing is, but the thing is, okay, go ahead. well, I, I we're I think we just want a good film. We want a good film. We want. Uh, uh, sure, a, we want a good, film. and we want a character. To, we want characters to believe in, and we're not going to replicate the experience of Aliens. We're not going to replicate, for me, the experience of Alien Three or the original Alien. Even though, again, I not saw none of those in the theater. Um, what we're not, I don't think we're trying to replicate anything. I don't think Neil Blomkamp is trying to replicate anything. What he's trying to do, based off all of my info and all of our info is he's trying to tell a story that he believes in, that he loves of a universe that he adores. And he's a fan and he cares about Ripley. What else do you need? Okay. Maybe you don't like his, his, his shooting style, but there was a lot of shaky handheld cam in alien when she's running down those corridors. It was, I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, but it's deployed. It's deployed very effectively in that because it's, it's offset by such an artful presentation elsewhere that when, when there is motion, it's, it's almost overwhelming, you know? I mean, I think that's a personal aesthetic choice. I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with at all with Bloom camps, uh, shooting style at all. I mean, I, I really, especially with Elysium and, uh, I mean, I think that they're wonderful films. I, I mean, well, I think that, Elysium is wonderfully shot. I, I just I don't have a problem with that. I don't see them as I don't see them the way that you do, which is fine. Uh, but uh, but I I also and I think it's, we there's a question of just because you and this goes both ways. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's bad, um, or uh-huh. just because I like something doesn't mean it's good. It just means uh-huh. I like it. And I think that we have to be careful with painting with these brushes that I don't like this. So anything that this person does is not going to be good and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying what I'm saying is like given the evidence that we have to go with, right. You have Bloomcamp made district nine semi-independently, right? Like he, he, he was eventually got like a wider release, but it was basically like an independent film. And then, and it was great, right? That's a great, we can all agree that district nine is a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he became part of the studio system and he turned out, Elysium, which which he personally regretted doing, he didn't he didn't think the script was very good, mm-hmm. and then he put out Chappie, which he said he realized didn't he say like that that he like liked making it, but he didn't think it was a good movie, but he put it out anyway. Um, 
and he wanted to make a like a sequel to it, but he couldn't get anybody to get behind it because it was like kind of universally called out as being a, a pretty poor movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then and then nothing, and, and then he founded this independent studio. So what I'm saying is, if you think that Bloomcamp is the guy that Disney is going to say, hey, be be a team player. Um, you know, here is a list of 7,000 things on a checklist that you have to include and you can't, um, you know, exclude from this movie. And we need you to make, make a Disney film out of this. Um, you know, I don't think that he's the right, the right guy for that. And but you could be right. Said, like, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to crap on Bloomcamp because again, I, I think he's a brilliant guy and I, and I think Oat Studios is freaking great. And, and I think, I think he's probably a really nice person, and I, and I I for one hope he doesn't listen to this episode for some reason, <laughs> because you know I, I don't want him to get the the impression that like that I don't appreciate his work. I do. I think I think he's a really talented person personally. I just don't like the presumptuous attitude uh, that he for some reason should be the next director of of an alien film, and and I don't find anything compelling about seeing. You know this like rejected uh, Operation Aliens concept art of a modified dropship. I'm like, okay, great. Like, it looks like we're like reading a Dark Horse comic. I, I don't understand what's so compelling about that. You know? Well, I, I think the thing is, too, you have to look at. So, we, I mean, I don't even have to ask this question, but we all love the original Blade Runner. You know, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049 was incredible. And there was, the reason it was so incredible was one, it was original, but also paid homage. Okay. In the right way. It didn't try to make the movie didn't try to be to follow exactly in the footsteps of the original. But as alien fans, we've been burned because if you look at art, look at us. So you have, you know, the original aliens. Okay. Then of course you have the predator movies. Then somebody got the genius idea that I'm a super fan and I love those two franchises. So I'm going to make alien versus predator requiem. And all I try to do in the entire movie is nostalgic from the sounds to the effects, to everything, and they totally killed what could have been a great movie. So it, it's it's like a, it's a it's a hit or miss, and I think that's what Patrick. I, I I'm taking it as you as you don't want to you don't want to see somebody you want to see somebody make an alien film, but you don't want to see them make it just to appease nostalgic views. And is that correct? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, but just uh, because you know, well, here these these people all saw aliens when they were kids. So if I make Going that same kind of thing, I'll pull everybody in. And it's 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 not that there's anything wrong with that, in my opinion. It's just that this it's just this instantaneous fan gravitation towards he is the messiah of this. Yeah. See, I think thing. you're wrong with Which that, Patrick. Me, I think you're wrong. I don't yeah. think people are saying that about Neil Blomkamp. What people are responding to is something they're familiar with. I don't think it has anything to do. I don't even read people saying. I mean, I do read people saying, "Give it to Blomkamp, give it to Blomkamp." But I don't. I think that what they're saying is. Give somebody else a shot because we need something good. I, exactly. I, and I think Blomkamp just happens to be the guy that's doing it. And I would rather have someone like Blomkamp who maybe isn't the right guy, who's passionate, who has a who has a a, a love and a fervor and an idea of that about what the alien films are about, and have him make a film that maybe be, that maybe falls flat than someone like Ridley Scott who doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at Ryan Johnson. You think he doesn't give a shit? Yeah, I think he doesn't oh, give a shit. A well, shit. all right, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Ryan, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I mean, I'm kind of looking at Ryan Johnson's track record on IMDb, and he doesn't really have much, um, you know, besides some short films, and then there was Brick, and then Looper, which I really enjoyed. But I mean, and then some Breaking Bad episodes. But I mean, 
I don't think anyone really thought, you know, when they do the next Star Wars movie, Ryan Johnson's the man for that. You know, I mean, I don't think any, you know, and it's, you know, it's the same. It's, you know, if you look at, yeah, we might not think Neil Blomkamp, he might not be the right guy for it, but I see someone like Ryan Johnson who really has a passion and a love for it. And, it, you know, like it might suck, but we've got, you know, um, but people want something different. You know, they, they want this to go, they want the franchise to go in a different direction because Prometheus and Covenant are not doing it and they're not doing it financially. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that the studios are looking at. Financially, it's not working. Um, and they're not going to keep going down this road. De- Disney's definitely not going to keep going down this road if it's losing money you know, each time. So they're, they're going to look for something else. And I think for fans, you know, a lot of us want to see someone else get a chance, um, you know, to, 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 you know, direct and make a film in this franchise. Um, so that, I mean, that's the way I, you know, I, I view it and I, you know, yeah, I don't think, you know, Neil Blomkamp's, you know, the Jesus Christ for this franchise, you know, he's (laughs) he's not going to come. I don't think he's a savior, but maybe he's the John the Baptist. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> cleanse me in the water. Or he's just yeah. pre- he's paving. He's preparing the way for the Messiah, which should be, oh. which should be Christopher Patrick Nolan. Green. Can you imagine if Christopher oh, Nolan shit. if Christopher Nolan made an alien film? That would change the course of everything. Like that yeah. would. Oh my God! If someone said Christopher Nolan, would you make an alien film when you have complete freedom to do whatever you want? Oh my God! I mean, I I would have to bring it's like. Me. Ten his rags yeah. to the theater. I pulled my pants. His, his movie would be an alien movie in a dream of an alien movie in a dream of an alien movie of an alien movie. <laughs> 17 days. Hey, man, I don't want to rain on your parade. We're not going to last 17 hours. Those things are going to come in here just like they did before, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to get us. This little girl survived longer than that with no weapons and no training, right? (laughs) Why don't you put her in charge? You better just start dealing with it, Hudson. Listen to me. Hudson, just deal with it because we need you and I'm sick of your bullshit. (laughs) Oh, no, I'll tell you what, that would be incredible. It would would be great. I know, it would would be be great. But that's my thing, though, is it's like... like, just the I, I you you know you guys have convinced me in the context of this of conversation nothing. that <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no that that maybe uh, people aren't necessarily gravitating towards Bloomcamp as like the chosen director for this. It's because he's the one that seems to be cognizant of the fan viewpoint on things. Okay, fine, I, I get that. I get that. And I think you're right. I think Christopher Nolan would be a good fit. I think Denny Villeneuve would be such a good fit that I would probably uh, have to wear a rain suit to the, to the premiere. I feel like there, there are plenty of, this is a really disgusting image. I feel like there's plenty of talent out there that would be really good. But the thing is, is and this is what's frustrating to me. I'm just trying to articulate this. I, I know I'm kind of floundering. What's frustrating to me with Neil Blomkamp is that, He's he's not some rando, you know, person uh, who has never done a Hollywood movie before, who's just like petitioning to get the rights to do a film like he's an established millionaire director who is just baiting the fan base with these with these rejected uh, concept things, knowing that it's going to make people petition Fox to get him to make the movie and knowing 
that when a movie comes out that doesn't have him at the helm of it, people will be um, there will be a contingent of fans who will be against it, and I don't blame him for that. You know, part of this is jealousy. You know, I'll be, I'll be fucking honest about it. Part of it is because you know I wish that I could direct an alien movie, <laughs> even though I have no ability to do that. Like you know, like I I, I wish I could. You know, I love Alien more than mm-hmm. almost anything in the world. You know. Um, but, but the reality is that like, I, it just, I, and he is probably the exact same way. He's probably the exact same fucking way. He probably loves it just as much as, as I do, but yeah. it bothers me that he feels like that entitles him to make this movie See, I and don't, releases things to piss people off. I would disagree with you that he feels entitled. I think, I think he got a raw deal. I mean, I think everyone could agree with that. They said he was going to make a film. He got a raw deal and he was shafted by Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott threw shit sh- and Ridley Scott sh- uh, threw shade on him. On top of the fact, but, 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 to your point though, Patrick, I would agree with you that these releases of these, of these, of these images, it's tough. It's tough for me. It's tough because I am seeing what could have been. I don't know what that could have been. It could have been great. It could have been bad, but I'm seeing, it's just, it's just like glimmer of hope amongst these two prequels and alien resurrection and the AVP films and that, we're just essentially misfires, um, even though they do have their thirty percent of of the fan base. Ninety five percent, thirty percent, seven But anyways, um, but I, so I agree with you. I think that this what he's doing, and I, I would, I would, I, I don't, you know, I don't know Neil Blomkamp in person. I don't. I have to would know him to kind of make a judgment on his motivations. I. Uh, but I I don't think he's stupid. I think he he's releasing these for a reason. But I think he's releasing these to a to like a, a rabid fans who a larger portion is let down and they and we are uh, you know I think we're kind of starting to kind of have an open dialogue and be able to discuss about what we love and what we don't love and and that crosses you know people, whether it's people who love Resurrection or Prometheus or Covenant and I think that's good I think that that's starting to happen but this what he has done throws a wrench in it um and it kind of but there's been a wrench thrown in the alien fandom since 92 since Alien 3 came out um and I, I so I agree with you I think that I think it's what he's doing isn't fair it's not fair. As much as I love these images that I'm seeing, it's not fair. It's not fair to my excitement levels because I, I get excited too. But really, and we can kind of move into kind of the final stages of this very long uh, episode. Uh, I, I wrote <laughs> uh, Proximity, which is our original audio drama, because I wanted characters to believe in. I wanted to get back to the roots of what Alien is. And really, Alien isn't about the aliens. I mean, even though they're a character in the film, Alien is about people in extraordinary situations and uh, dealing with fear, dealing with all of these things. And you can do that in many, many ways. And I wanted to kind of put my stamp on what I believe that is for me uh, and and working in isolation and what that is and all of these things that proximity tackles. Um, So I, I, there's this, I mean, I think we're coming to this place where we're making our own content and we're just not generally satisfied. You might be satisfied with Covenant, but you weren't satisfied with Prometheus. Um, or And there's people who feel the opposite way. And we're just, yeah. again, we're in strung out shape. And uh, it, 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 these are very circular conversations that we're having. We're having. We're kind of going back and ta- talking about things and saying things that we said before. And this is an ongoing thing. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like one long episode that's been stretched out over six months. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, <laughs> and hopefully, my hope is that uh, Disney comes in and says, we are going to take this franchise uh, 
you know, and we're going to make it something great. And please wait and watch what we do. I really hope that they do that because right now in the hands yeah. that it's in, that is not, it's not going to happen. And I said this before and I will keep saying it. If Fox by chance green lights and gives Ridley Scott money to make another prequel uh, before this merger is finalized, good fucking luck to them getting the fans on board. Good fucking luck. No way. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well just but, take, but it, take the money and put it right in the, right in the fire. <laughs> well, but, 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 but also, I would say good luck. Like, actually, like, please, please do that. Yeah. Because that would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, that too. good luck. That, too. Like, yeah, right. hey, I mean, convince me. Try and convince me. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. That, that, it, we could totally have a great prequel bridge episode with this. But the problem is that he says things in interviews that, that, are, that are, like, no, the, the alien sucks now. You know, I want to focus on AI. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to keep branching this out for, like, you know, at some point. You know, I mean, how much how much sense does that make? Hey, by the way, I'm going to uh, I'm going to finish off this series, and it's going to end in Alien, and we all know Alien. But don't worry, it has nothing to do with the Alien. I know, but we're going to go further away yeah. from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. It, but, but, like I got to say, a thousand percent, my dream, my dream for this shit, is that in five years, Disney goes, okay, we are going to completely reboot this whole thing. We're going to make it very tightly interwoven with the original two films, maybe the three films. We're going to find, you know, a young director, maybe Neil Bloomkamp with a really clear, cohesive vision. We're going to petition the fans. We're going to get them on board and we're going to make the most enjoyable canonical alien film possible. And it's going to please everybody. That's my dream. But before that dream happens, we need to finish these prequels in my opinion, so that we don't have this giant gaping hole in the middle of the saga. So that's why I want them to finish this out, make a triumphant final prequel film, and then be like, okay, everybody just take five. Everybody just chill out. Let's see where we stand. Um, and let's start from the very beginning and do with a Force Awakens treatment to this thing and be like, what are our archetypes? What are the real stories that we're telling with this? What are we really getting at? What have we not explored yet? What what like what do these films have in common? You know, mm-hmm. what 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 are the things that are linking these things together that we always have thought are so disparate? There's probably similarities there that we're not even considering. What are those similarities? Let's build on that. Mm-hmm. Let's explode that outwards, just like 2049 did. Right. Find the thematic unity and build on that. But before we get to that, just please finish the prequels. Otherwise, otherwise, this is not going to have been worth anything. And we will have been arguing with each other for years on the Internet to no avail because now these movies would just not mean anything in the scheme of things because they would just, you know, terminate right in the middle. Hey, I know another, we got to yeah. It'd be another AVP of fiasco, you know? Just, yeah. yeah. Um, well, whatever they do, they need to take their time. Whatever they do, I hope Ridley Scott is producing and not directing someone else. I, I think they can do a prequel, ser- a prequel, uh, uh, a sequel to Covenant. And they, like I said, it can be done well. I think someone else needs to be directing it. They need to get a writer in who's had stories to tell in, in the Alien series for a long, long time, who has just an absolute love to tell the story that's the sequel to Covenant and wrap this shit up. And we leave that theater on our feet like cheering yeah. you know um with raincoats with raincoats yes um you know but w- i don't even think uh scott should be on as a producer i mean he just said <laughs> something about about blade runner 2049 recently um and just kind of crapped on denny villeneuve yeah. like oh that no. movie was way too long it was 30 minutes too long and i'm like dude really scott man you need a you know that scene in The Matrix where the skin on Keanu Reeves' mouth starts closing <laughs> yeah. over it? Yeah. You know, I just kind of like, 
I wish like an agent would just like you know do that to him. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He's he's nearing the end of his life, unfortunately. I mean, he's eighty years yeah. old. He's not going to be with us much longer. I don't. I don't even know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Not that I, you know, I, I wish him well. Uh, whatever. I wish death on him or something. No, no, no. no. I'm just saying that. I, well, you know coming. what? The, the thing is, you, you have to trust. The the problem is right now is exactly like Patrick said. I think everything just needs to calm down and everybody needs to back off. Let this thing kind of cool down this whole transition with Disney and Fox. And I, I'm telling you what, look, all you have to do is look at the star Wars movies that are coming out right now. They know here's how to make the movie. Let's put a young gun in there or somebody that's out of nowhere that wants to take a chance in this movie and likes it because they like it. Not because we're just telling them, Hey, this is what you have to come up with. And and I think I think we'll be fine, but like I said, it's it's gonna it's gonna take some time. I, I agree with you. I guys. agree. And with that, I would say we should transition to the last part of this uh, very passionate discussion, which has been great. Um, and we, I love you guys. I just want to say that <laughs> I love you guys too. Uh, I love you too. We have been working Bitch. on. <laughs> we have been working on a original audio drama that uh, I wrote in beginning of this year and we've been working on it since april since we started casting it before patrick came on as a um as a partner in with Perk Perk what are Gordon. you patrick yeah uh, <laughs> that's, that's an asshole <laughs> um so but yeah so we uh we're gonna be releasing that on january 1st it's a really big deal for us we have chapter one done chapter two will come february 1st i know that's a long wait but uh, these types of things take a long time. And we're going to kind of leave this episode off with a 30-second clip. Um, it's amazing. From this first chapter that I, I you know, this this audio drama has turned out better than I could have ever, ever even hoped. I mean, I, I wanted it to sound the way it sounds, but it, even when I've heard it, the whole, you know, it's just blown my mind. And it's been yeah. because of everyone involved, whether it's uh, myself, Ryan, Patrick, Michael, everyone who's contributed people who've read this script before and we've been working on this kind of day and night for uh, months and uh it's free for the fans and we're doing it because we are fans and uh there's a lot of mystery and hadley's hope and what happened there and we wanted to kind of tell a story about that so that's what we're leaving you with yeah and, and i'll just just say a couple of really quick things about it one of which was uh last night we were recording one of the last missing audio pieces for this which was the narration that there's a there's an intermittent um narrator um, and he's, uh, just incredible. He's my friend, Kevin. He's probably listening to this right now. And, uh, and Kevin, Kevin has this very distinctive talking voice, which is why he's doing the, he's, you know, he's sort of talks like this. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're going through the script proximity, which he loves. And he's like, you know what the difference is between this and covenant? And I was like, oh fuck, what is it, Kevin? He's like, this is about character. And I was like, oh my God, Jamie, <laughs> I'll tell Jamie. Amen. Because Amen. We'll definitely <laughs> talking about it but then i i just I literally just called jamie in the middle of it so, just so we could hear in the background kevin saying that <laughs> that it's better than covenant so you know what you know some people consider it uh, better than covenant but I, I mean this has been an amazing journey it, you know i so the re reason i'm even on the show at all is because of this um this audio drama my wife micah auditioned for it for the female lead part um and i read with her um, just, you know, and, and then, and then Jamie was like, um, you know, like, Hey, like, who's that? Like the rando that you were reading with. And she was like, oh, that's my husband. <laughs> He's like, just like, does he like want to be a part of it? And, uh, and she asked me and I put a raincoat on, you know, and I was like, yeah. 
Um, and that was that was how this all started for me, you know. And um, wait a and minute, it's incredible. I knew your voice sounded familiar. You've been playing <laughs> this this whole time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, so, that, but now it's crazy because you know, like like Jamie was saying, we're basically done with this now. Like last night, we were putting some finishing touches on. There's a little bit of mastering to go. Um, and a couple of inserts, but like, you know, at this point, it's not just Jamie, you know, who, who wrote this whole brilliant, brilliant mm. thing. I mean, is a, is a very seriously gifted writer and it, yeah. you'll, you'll hear what I mean. That. It's not just that it's, it's also like the efforts of a cast, which is probably like eight or nine people at this point. We have, um, a friend of mine from, uh, from England doing the, the credits for it. We have this narrator, we have this incredibly in-depth sound design that Jamie and I have been working on for months and months now sourcing really intricate things that are going to sound really good in your sound system it's it's become this like work of of actual art mm-hmm. and and i'm sort of you know jamie and, and ryan especially can attest to this after we you know tape literally any perfect organism or shoulder of a ryan episode within 10 seconds they get a text from me going oh my god i'm such an idiot i'm so sorry that that went so badly <laughs> i'm so like you know delete me from the show um and there is none of that with this because i was listening through to it this morning and i had chills and I was like, I feel like we are putting out something that stands up against anything you'll hear on Audible or anything you'll hear, um, you know, in an audiobook download or something like Out of the Shadows, which is wonderful as well. Like, this is truly a professional, scary, interesting, artful product that I think we're really excited about. And uh, and here, here's a little preview, guys. Yes, sir. What can I do? Sir, are you there? I'm here. Things are calming down on our end. We were able to remove a few parasites off some of my people, but fortunately no one has made it. We've had casualties. Something. Like what? Anything. For more on this and our other projects, please visit www.perfectorganism.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, find us on our closed Facebook group, Building Better Worlds. To support the show, please consider visiting www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. We've got some great perks available. 
And as always, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the show. We can't tell you how much your support means to us, but we can hopefully show you by continuing to provide better, more ambitious, and more dynamic content for years to come.